Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schockner, along with the future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina, better known as Football City USA, due to producing more NFL talent than anywhere else in the country. Dr. Cheney Robinson. Good morning. Cheney, have you ever hung out with royalty? No, but I think we're about to. We are, man. Today, we get to sit down with Jack Betts, right? He's been dubbed the king of D3 NIL, right? Jack is a senior wide receiver at Amherst College, majoring in English and Native American studies because this is pretty cool. He's of Cherokee descent. He's graduating in December as a result of a gap semester because, you know, like all athletes, he wanted one last year of ball, right? Rather than, so he gave up going to study abroad in Rome for one last year with his boys, right? So the king of D3 NIL, the name was a result of the notoriety and success he had in the NIL space. Jack, from the ground up, secured 40 plus NIL partnerships. One, my favorite, this is our favorite award, right? The Hustle Award. Uh, presented by Instagram at the 2023 NIL Summit in Atlanta, Georgia. And he also helped uh, help smaller market and underserved athletes fully realize their true NIL potential. He oversees the education in NIL, the NIL education of 50 college athletes from D1 to NAIA, serving the whole student athlete community. Uh, and, and a total of eight varsity sports. So Jack, welcome to NIL Undressed. Thank you for having me this morning. Happy to be here. Awesome. All right, Jack. So what we'd like to do to, to get started and kind of warm you up a little bit is hit you with some rapid fire questions. So here we go. All right. All so right. you moved from Dallas to Amherst. What do you miss most about Texas? What do I miss most about Texas? It's got to be the food. You know, no disrespect to the Northeast. I'm not a big fan of clam chowder. I just got to come out and say it. Um, you know, I, I miss my Tex-Mex. I, I miss my Southern barbecue. And most of all, I miss, uh, you know, we've got a great fried chicken restaurant that we just had for dinner last night at called Bubba's. Uh, and I, I think I miss that the most. There are good substitutions for up there um, that could hold me over, but it's got to be the food. Yeah, and nobody go. does fried chicken like the South, man. Oh, amen. <laughs> That's right. All right, biggest culture shock going from Texas Massachusetts biggest culture shock undoubtedly was experiencing four seasons for the first time in my life I mean down here in Texas you know we've got summer uh we've got diet summer we've got a singular week maybe two weeks of winter and then we're all back to summer um you know just today it's like going to be a high of 104 I just had to get my workout in at like 7 a.m because I wouldn't didn't want to be sweating profusely um but you know it's definitely got to be the weather come late September early October it starts getting a little chilly at practices. So you've got to layer up. And then once the sun starts setting at like 4 p.m. in December, I thought I was losing my mind. Um, but <laughs> along with that, definitely Boston sports fans. You know, I'm, I'm calling you out, Mike. Um, I strongly dislike them. I won't use the word hate, but I strongly dislike them. You all don't know how easy you've got it. You know, if I want to go watch a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl, I've got to go get a VHS tape. And I don't even have a VHS player. So, you know, let me let me get off my soapbox. But... <laughs> All right. So we're back on campus, right? Yes. What's your favorite campus restaurant and what's your go-to menu item? I, I got to give a shout out to Antonio's. Um, Antonio's is a pizza joint right there in the middle of town. It's about like a stone's throw away from my dorm, actually, matter of fact. 
Um, and regardless, it could be a Saturday night. It could be, you know, a Wednesday, you know, lunch piece. They have the best pizza in town. I think my go-to menu option has got to be that chicken bacon ranch pizza. Uh, I, I, there is nothing better in this world than a CBR slice of pizza. You know, you it, it could be, you know, the best day. It could be the worst day. But regardless, if you get that piece of pizza in your hand, it's going to be the best day ever. There you go. No, I, I'm I'm tracking with you with that. All right, so you go you're gonna be at camp here pretty soon. If you're not, if you hadn't reported already, what can we expect from the team this year? Yeah, this year's gonna be a lot different. Uh, I'm sure you checked the record last year. It was a tough going, you know, not only for the team but also personally. I experienced a lot of injuries. I was dealing with injuries almost every single week, um, and so it's the last dance. And so I've got to certainly leave it all out there. And just for the team, we had a lot of young guys who got to see the field for the first time. Um, I expect them to pick up where they left off, certainly in a better manner um, than last year. And it's just it all comes with experience and it being my last dance. Um, I'm really hoping that the changes we've made in the offense in this offseason is going to be really for the better. Uh, I already anticipate them being for the better. And we have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, so that goes without saying if that synergy and you know, if we can really get in sync, then I think we could be really dangerous for the NESCAC. There we go. You got ball out in the last year for sure. Amen. All right. Yeah, you clearly don't follow directions, right? Because the media, you know, when NIL launched, all the haters, you know, it was pay for play and blah, blah, blah. And it was, hey, this is only for these, you know, small group of Division One athletes. And D3 athletes, you know, it's not, they're not meant for NIL. So stay away from it. Don't even bother. Right. So what was your mindset, right? When NIL went live, you know, how did you react to it initially? I can actually tell you exactly where I was. Um, every single summer, my family and I take a family vacation to Aspen, Colorado, because, you know, in the dead of summer, that late June, early July period, it's just way too darn hot here in Texas. So we escaped to Colorado and I'm sitting at the dinner table. I get this notification on my phone from like Bleacher, ESPN, et cetera, et cetera, saying NIL legislation now approved. Athletes can capitalize off their name, image, and likeness, and they can be spokespersons for brands. And they can be like, hey, buy this product because I use this product and you should too. Um, and I remember sitting there so excited, so psyched up because I had all these local brands in mind, all these national brands in mind. And I, I immediately started texting my teammates. And it wasn't until I started texting them that the reality check, like you mentioned, really hit. Um, we're Division Three athletes in the middle of Western Massachusetts. The likelihood of you know any of us getting a single NIL deal is slim to none. Um, so then from then on, it was just kind of six months of seeing million-dollar deals fly by my face, seeing the Caleb Williams and the Bryce Youngs and the Angel Reese's of the world get all of these large sums of money simply because they attend the LSUs and the Alabamas uh, and the USCs. So from then it was like okay it's this is this really cool thing but i don't really think i'm going to be benefiting from it unfortunately so you went from excited right excited i'm going to tackle this thing right and then you then that uh, the spirit kind of got dampened a little bit through you know talking to some of the teammates man that's that's pretty crazy i didn't realize that but you decided then you took a semester off yes Right. And when you returned, your mindset obviously had changed. Right. So what happened in that semester that, you know, you decided to block out the noise, even from some of your boys, right, your teammates. Right. Um, what happened during that semester? So during that semester off um, in January, 
I want to say like January 14th, January 16th, sometime in that uh, area, January of 2022. Um, I was actually sitting up here. My parents were working from home that day um, and they were both on conference calls and both my parents are lawyers. So, you know, that stuff is just, you know, it could probably put you to sleep. Um, so I decided I'd take refuge up here. I think I was building like a Lego set or a puzzle or something crazy like that. And I get this notification on my phone and this company called Lifestyle Bands wants to send me a direct message. I'm awfully confused. I get DMs all the time. Most of the times they're spams. And at this point in time, I had a private Instagram account with like, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 followers on it. And so I go to open the DM and they're asking if I have any interest in joining their NIL ambassador group of athletes. And I'm sitting there to myself. I'm like, what do they want with a division three athlete who at the time had one career reception um, hadn't proved himself on the field, hadn't, doesn't even have a public Instagram account. So what in the heck do they want to do with me? Um, you know, given I have sort of built-in legal counsel, I molded over with my parents. They said, Hey, you know, you've been looking for an in with this NIL stuff. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, from then on, I think from like February until like early April, um, I really just dedicated myself to getting as many partners under my belt, building up the portfolio, um, building my brand uh, as much as I could in the in the time period that I had, because I had no academic obligations. I had no formal athletic obligations other than just going to the field, you know, going to the gym by myself. And so I had all this free time to really engage in this six months, six month internship that is NIL. I think at the height of it, I was sending out like 10 to 15 emails a day asking brands, you know, do you have ambassador opportunities? I'd love to work with you. This is my track record, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's sort of what happened in that period in which was like, okay, I've got all this free time on my hands. What in the world am I going to do with it? And that's when my mindset on NIL changed simply because I began to engage with it. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's 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 about action, right? And changing the yes. uh, narrative for yourself. You said an interesting word though, brand, right? And then earlier you referenced like the Bryce Young, uh, you know, Angel Reese, Caleb Bloop. They almost, you know, they go to a school. A lot of these big time athletes go to a school and, you know, their brand is just kind of sitting there waiting for them, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas you had to build a brand. So tell us, tell us, you know, what that process in your head went like, right? Because you almost, you said internship, which I think is the perfect word for this, because you had to learn this on your own. You had to build it on your own. So what does that word brand mean to you? And, and how did you go about defining what your brand is? I think division three athletes, smaller market athletes that aren't televised, you know, every single Saturday are get we only have one televised game a year and it's against Williams. Um, and it's the last game of the season. So I think we have a really unique experience in that when we are participating in these NIL endeavors, when we are reaching out to brands, um, I viewed it as I can't sell Jack Betts, the athlete. They don't see, see me on TV. They don't see me on you know the cover of ESPN. So how in the world am I going to sell myself? What about Jack Betts, the entrepreneur? That's a really interesting approach that a lot of brands appreciated. Because not only did I take a professional approach, heck, every time I reached out to a brand, I was like, hey, um, I treated it almost like a job opportunity, like I'm applying to you know, become a member of their team. And that's exactly what I was doing. Um, so you know, the way that I reached out to these brands was a really unique way. Um, uh, it's sort of my two-headed monster approach. I won't give too much about it, but you know, my email template lays out, why am I here? I'm here to discuss an NIL opportunity with you. This is my track record, yada, yada, yada. And then I have my NIL cover letter, which is almost like a resume. 
So it is sort of like applying for a job. And that's when I began sitting down and thinking to myself, okay, brand, brand, what does this mean to me? I don't have like any on-field experience. So maybe I can begin developing an off-the-field brand that isn't, you know, super dependent upon my on-field participation and my on-field experience. And that's where I think, you know, the meat and potatoes of what NIL is all about can really be found. It shouldn't be dependent upon your on-field play. I mean, sure, it, it definitely can help. But if you begin develop, developing a brand, developing a personality outside of your sport, then you, you know, you're going to be super successful. I have no idea where this is going to take me, certainly. But when I came, when it came to developing a brand, what does that word mean to me? I, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still trying to define that myself. I mean, I'm 18, 19 months into this thing. And I don't know, is Jack Betts the brand? Is, you know, Make Your Own Legacy the brand, which is my NIL Education Academy? I think uh, it's going to take some time to figure that all out. Yeah, I think I think it evolves, right? Just like in Absolutely. athletics, you you evolve over time and and you figure out, um, you know, I don't know your, your playing history, right? Uh, but when you started playing football, you probably gave a shot at running back and quarterback and you know, defense and, and all that sort of stuff. But eventually you, you, uh, your skills and who you were, you found yourself as a wide receiver. Right. And I think exactly. a lot of times that's what, that's what our brand is going to do. And if we set it upright uh, and we identify that we're not just that athlete, that mm-hmm. we have talents outside and we can start showcasing these talents outside of being an athlete. Right. Um, then we can refine it and it can evolve over time as we evolve, right? Whereas if you're just that athlete, right? If you're that D1 quarterback who's so contingent on being that D1 quarterback, the second you're not the D1 quarterback, now what, right? And mm-hmm. so I think you hit it on the head, man. It's it's figuring out who you are off the field, leveraging some of the skills that you learned as an athlete and and how that developed you as a person, but showcasing that, that person for sure. Um, so you, you started, you said you restarted sending 10, 15 emails a day. Um, now you have a template, right? So you didn't start with the template. So tell people that some of those early, um, you know, people not responding, some of the responses that you had to power through in order to get where you are right now. We want to thank our sponsor success beyond game day for many athletes. The last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. Yeah, I think it is just a tale of the experience of an entrepreneur. I mean, understanding that, well, it's also, you know, life lessons in life. You're going to be told no in life. People are going to ignore you. And so it's just all about trial and error and finding the best ways that work, I guess. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've refined my, you know, NIL approach. Um, It's got to be close to like 20 or so, because, you know, first I reached out on Instagram and then I beginning, 
Okay. I mean, what if I reach out on Twitter? Okay. That doesn't really work. What? Okay. Let me look at the emails. Let me see if I can email customer service, their affiliates, their partnerships links. Um, okay. This seems to be getting some responses, but you know, the way that I'm wording it, I don't really like it. Let me rework it. And so it's just, you know, all about trial and error. It's a life lesson that you can't really take no for an answer. Even if a company says no, just be like, okay, you know, can you extend that conversation and say what exactly they're looking for? So you could use that in turn for how you're going to approach a different company. So it's constantly evolving. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it's sort of a, the tale of an entrepreneur. I mean, if you want to make a name for yourself and you want to so your business to be solely run by you, you're going to have some hardships in life and you're going to face some adversity. But as long as you keep going, heck, if I took that first no, I wouldn't be sitting on this podcast with you all right here. I wouldn't have the brand that I have in front of me today. Um, so it's just all really important about keeping going, you know, being proactive uh, and understanding that sometimes not everything is going to work out. And so how can you find ways in which you can adjust that approach and how can you find ways in which you can persevere? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, we, you hear Michael Jordan say, you know, I never lost a game. I just ran out of time. Just right? ran out and of time. And it's having that mindset of, all right, well, that company said no, but like you said, what now, what information can I pull out of them that I can mm -hmm. use to refine so that I have a better shot at scoring with the next company? Exactly. I love that. I'm going to use that Michael Jordan quote next time. Go for it, man. You've I already published you the last dance anyway. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So Jack, we've seen reports on how much you made on some of your deals and not that we're asking the numbers, but we see the numbers are just a little bit south of six figures. Mm -hmm. And regardless of whatever the number is, it wasn't life changing like some of the big power five athletes are getting again, because like we talked about where they're where they're playing and position and the sport they're playing. Right. They're getting deals because of that. So why should a D3 athlete put forth the effort? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest. The biggest thing that I've taken away from NIL is two things. Number one, the skills that I've been developing with working with NIL day in and day out, you you seriously cannot put a value on. Um, whether it be you know learning how to reach out to companies, that cold email approach, the negotiations process, content creation, um, you know just keeping it just day to day conversations with you know entrepreneurs, CEOs, CFOs, executives, all these people in the business world. And then number two, just the network that I've created. I mean, sure, I'm not going to be making millions of dollars, but you never know, you know, somebody notices my work and they're in my network and then, you know, never know if I'm looking for a job and that job offers uh, quite a handsome paycheck. I think that's the biggest part of it is just developing skills and establishing a network that's going to be useful 5, 10, 15 years once your playing career concludes. It is the reality. Um, you know, I've haven't made life changing money like you mentioned, but I have made life changing relationships and established life changing skill set that I wouldn't have been able to acquire had it not been for NIL. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I have for NIL. And that's the biggest reason that I encourage and I educate so many athletes who come from the D3, NAIA, D2 level uh, because they don't have the type of resources at their school, like all the major power five D one schools do. So I try and do my part certainly, um, in, in encouraging athletes to begin engaging with NIL. Yeah. And I think you hit it right. It's the, the money is short term, right? Yes. The, and, exactly. and that's, there's a finite value. 
Now, I don't think any of us are going to turn down a million dollar paycheck for, you know, uh, appearing in a Dr. Pepper ad or Home Depot or something like that. Right. I mean, so if they're listening, all three of us will take it. In fact, I think we could even split it three ways and be happy with it. Right. Um, But the relationship is that piece where it's really hard to quantify the value of it. Right. Because we don't know what that relationship is going to lead to. Uh, down the line, that relationship could lead to a five million dollar opportunity because of you know the how it how it evolved and and how it was nurtured. So mm-hmm. um, I think that even for the big Power Five athletes, right? It's it's what relationships. Even if you are getting that life changing money, focus on the relationships because you can't quantify that with a dollar value um, immediately. Mm-hmm. And even for these Power Five athletes regardless if you're getting more eyes on you not everybody turns pro so you've got to begin thinking about okay what are my steps after my athletic career that's what we focus on at the make your own legacy academy is developing skills uh you know establishing that professional network and just thinking about okay what is life going to be like after athletics because our time is finite i mean i've got one season left at amherst i can tell you i can remember way back in 2019 when i was a first year i'm like man these four years i I don't know where i'm gonna be and now all of a sudden it's here and I've got to begin thinking about, okay, what am I going to be doing this time next year? So, yeah, absolutely. All right. If you were back in high school, right. Knowing what you know now about NIL and you were being recruited into the D3 space, right. So not the big power fives, like, you know, we're, we're a, a law, a good drive, you know, Cheney could drive to uh, a, you know, nice driver to Clemson. Right. And they've got this whole branding Institute and, and all that sort of stuff, right? Where I'm so it's jealous. All, I'm so jealous. Know, state of the art, right? Super cool. But but we've got athletes that are in high school being recruited to these D3 opportunities. So if you were to go back, how would NIL factor into that decision-making process, knowing what you know now? I'm not sure I would have made any decisions differently, honestly. Um, you know, when it came to my recruiting process, number one, I was nailed down to the Northeast. Um, you know, I was looking at a couple Ivy League schools, a couple D3 schools, and of course, where I ended up at Amherst, I'm not sure things would have been much different. I, I think that the opportunities that NIL has presented and the alumni network that Amherst offers, I'm speaking to like Amherst alumni almost every single day just because I was featured in an Amherst alumni magazine uh, piece. And there are wonderful opportunities coming my way. Uh, I, I just because Amherst is a Division three institution and we don't have a lot of things going on on campus, just because we don't have the resources for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it would have changed a lot. Just considering the things that I've built for myself, and I'm looking at other D three schools, and sure, maybe they have like a, a thirty minute session here and there on brand building or something along those lines. But I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think that it would change a whole lot on my end. So I think you you label, I mean, the alumni network, right? That I mean, that's a big. So how strong and how can these schools or coaches demonstrate the alumni network? But then also the area of the country that you're at, right? So, I mean, you're middle, middle of Massachusetts, right? So yes. it's not like you're, um, I mean, how far from Boston are you with? On a good day, like two hours. Right. So you're kind of, like you said, in the middle of Massachusetts. Yes. But maybe you factor in like, all right, we're 30 minutes outside Boston, and that might provide access to more opportunities and that type of stuff. So 
it's just thinking a little bit differently of you may not have the state of the art, you know, uh, you know, an intern following you around with a camera, like some of these, you know, <laughs> creating content for you, like some of these big, big schools, but but there are different things that could factor in if you are looking to really maximize your your NIL uh, opportunity. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, and just thinking about, I love touching on the alumni network because Amherst has one of the best in the country. I mean, Amherst is a fantastic school, and the the way that you they prepare you for you know the greater world. Uh, it's just unparalleled. And within the alumni network, you know, we have football events where formal football players from Amherst come in and speak to us and we can connect with them. We can network with them. Um, and that's just one of the biggest things, you know, maybe thinking about like an NIL alumni network, like in a couple of years when I'm all said and done with my playing career, I can begin mentoring these current athletes. I mean, I'm already doing it now. Heck, what am I saying? But like an NIL alumni network is something that could be pretty cool. So, you know. Trademarking that, trademarking that. You got it. It's all yours, man. We're too old. We, we, I don't know that that would work for us. We're too old now. Uh, they'd kick us out. All right. Uh, what advice would you give then high school and college athletes as they, mm. they've got school, they've got athletics, oh. right? As they start to focus on brand building and positioning themselves for NIL opportunities. I think, uh, you know, some of the biggest pieces of advice is begin building your following organically. Um, when I started, I so I got a shoe deal when I had like 2000 followers. And obviously, that's not going to happen for everybody. But the the bigger you're following, the more handsome that your partnership is going to be with some of these brands and more handsome your offer of uh, partnerships going to be. So build your following organically. Um, and compartmentalization is one of the skills that every single student athlete learns sometime in their career. Uh, I remember when I got back to campus, it was sort of a shock because I was like, okay, like last spring, I had all this time to myself and I had no academics. I had no football. And so getting back to campus, I was really learning how to be a student athlete entrepreneur. Um, I, I'd been a student athlete for like, I don't even know, 18 years up to that point. Um, and so beginning to understand how, okay, all that free time that I once had is now being taken up by, you know, running my own business and, and being an entrepreneur. So don't stretch yourself too thin. I understand that as student athletes, we're already getting back from practice at like seven, or we getting done from practice at 730, then you got to go get dinner, then you got to go to the library, then you got to wake up the next day and do it all again. Um, so not stretching yourself too thin and understanding that once you're in season, your main focus should be your academics, number one, I know my mom's going to appreciate that. And number <laughs> two, it should be your sport. Um, and so understanding that it is difficult to manage your time sometimes, be sure to ask for help. Um, I know all of my teachers are happy to, you know, give me extensions. You know, my head coach actually recommends that we miss practice if we need to go to office hours. And the same thing kind of goes for NIL. If you don't really know what you're doing and you need some sort of guidance, there are plenty of names out there. I mean, I'm not just going to say I'm one of those names, but, you know, if you need help, be sure to reach out to me. I'm happy to help. Um, you know, Raekwon, one of my good friends, Raekwon Smith, he's uh, the king of NIL. So there's, you know, there's levels to royalty. I can tell you that. But uh, Chase Griffin, you know, all these names that are currently, you know, really upstanding names in the world of NIL, they're happy to help you out. So don't be afraid to ask for help is the the third piece of advice I'd give. I think that's been the coolest part is is the fact that it's been collaborative among Absolutely. all these athletes, right? That I, I think that's just the coolest part. And you and you threw out two of the OGs of NIL, right? Like when we look back 10 years from now, 
they're going to be like the goats of NIL, right? Your name oh, yeah. will be on there. Like there's a Mount Rushmore. We're going to have, we're going to have different faces up there, but. All right. So Jack, you recently attended the NIL summit in Atlanta. What were two, three things that you learned there that you implemented immediately? Mm. So obviously when I, so I'm a two-time attendee actually. Um, last year I went simply as a student athlete, you know, uh, ambassador for that's not the word I can't remember the word what it was but uh, I was representing student delegate and student athlete delegate for Amherst College um, just simply representing our institution and I remember introducing myself and people were like NIL is a thing at the division three level and I'm like just you wait just you wait till next year you're gonna see it's a thing at the, the d3 level and of course I returned this year uh, and brought home the hustle award there it is, um, there it is. so there it is. that that was something that I, I really appreciated. I guess one of the things that I learned um, during my participation in Invesco QQQ's panel uh, regarding, you know, how young people can begin sort of helping and using their money to make it work for them. Um, some of the things that I learned is just I need to begin thinking about investing, even if I'm 22, 23 years old. Um, how can I begin to use the money that I'm making today? that'll benefit me in like 10 years down the line. Um, there are a lot of great strategies in which Invesco, you know, sort of mentions they have this like really cool game called like how not to suck at money, uh, which helps, you know, young athletes sort of begin, you know, what's the difference between savings, checking, you know, how can I, what sort of investments can I make, you know, stock market bonds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something that was definitely eye-opening um, that some athletes were doing it already. And of course, a lot of athletes are sort of in the same boat as I am as they just, you know, have it, waiting in an account and you're not doing anything with it. That was one of the biggest pieces of things that I took away um, as my athletic career you know, comes to a close. What can I be doing with this money right now that'll benefit me in a couple of years down the line? Very cool. All right. So has your participation in NIL, obviously you have your academy, right? But has it opened up other career opportunities or you know, you may not know that yet. So let's say, has it changed what your plans were for post-college life? Absolutely. I, I will say that. I will exclaim that. Absolutely. Um, prior to NIL, you know, I had a couple internships in real estate, private equity. Um, I mean, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, but I just don't, I just didn't really know if that's what I wanted to commit my life to. But as NIL became a thing and I began engaging in all of these activities and even began educating others on how I got to the point that I'm at, um, I discovered a passion for education. I discovered a passion for marketing and I discovered a passion for social media. Um, I have, you know, several offers right now that's like, look, if you graduate in December and you want to go work somewhere, you know, come work with us. And then, you know, social media, type deals, um, you know, continuing my education things, all things NIL related. And so again, I'm coming back, I keep harping on the network that I've established, but I mean, this exemplifies it right here. I'm getting job opportunities simply because of my engagement in the whole NIL ecosystem. Um, you know, right now, I'm not entirely sure what I want to do with everything that's going on. Um, I'm hoping that I can continue educating and continuing uh, my passion for helping others in the NIL world. But you know, maybe that has to come to a close as my athletic career comes to a close. I'm looking to possibly intern somewhere next January, um, something in the sports marketing realm, uh, representation realm, possibly. I'm not entirely sure if I'm looking at the agency route, route 
but uh, we'll just have to see what really speaks to me. But, you know, moving forward, there are endless possibilities. Um, and I, I really credit it all to my participation in NIL. So. So everybody, for the businesses that are listening, give us a, a quick commercial for, uh, for Jack Bass. Oh Lord. That's like one of the biggest things in like 2023, I've only closed like two or three deals simply because I didn't want the po- the portfolio to get too diluted. Um, but let's see, you know, what's up everybody. You know, my name is Jack Betts. Um, my reputation sort of precedes itself as the king of D3 NIL within my portfolio. I've got 40 plus NIL deals currently, but I'd love to add you, uh, as one of those for the year 2023. I offer a lot of things uh, from the Division Three level, such as the unique perspective as a Division Three athlete that a lot of people really appreciate hearing. Um, the type of content that I create, you know, is everything along the lines from videos in which I can showcase your item or uh, memorabilia uh, in a like a day in a life type thing, or I can just you know use it as I'm like, hey. After this workout, I like to throw on X if it's some sort of clothing or if it's some side of, some sort of a shoe item. But I don't know. You guys kind of put me on the spot, and I'm a little out of the you know self uh, representation game as I have been representing a lot of athletes instead. But I don't know. Maybe that lands me something. Hey, that was good, man. That shows why you were the king off the cuff on the spot, being able to <laughs> rattle that off. So it sounds good, man. Jack, thank you. hey, thank you for spending some time with us. How can people find you? Yeah. So if you want to connect with me, um, the best way of doing that is on Instagram at jbets21. Um, I also have a website, jack-bets.com, in which we can connect. Um, there's a little inquiry thing at the bottom of the website. And uh, if you want to email, I will be able to hit you back because it'll you know supply me with your email. Um, other than that, I'm also on Twitter at jrbets21. And uh, if you want to follow the Make Your Own Legacy Academy, we're at the MYOL Academy on Instagram. Love it, Jack. Awesome. Good luck this season. Thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, share, and comment is greatly appreciated. 